0: Welcome to an inspirational message by Pastor Harold Weiss, Senior Pastor at Little Falls Christian
1: Center. This Word of God is just such an incredible book, Lord. We thank you that the Holy Spirit and the work of the Messiah and the work of God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit is reflected very clearly in this book. For the entrance of Your Word brings life, light, and revelation, understanding. It is the lamp of our feet and the light of our path. It is the truth in a world where people battle to find the difference between fake news and real news. But for us, the real thing is the real thing, the Word of truth, by which we build our faith. For faith comes by hearing, hearing by Your Word by which we can clearly see we all have a future. We all have a tomorrow. And God is in control of our lives and in control of this nation. And for us remains the quest of praying for peace and peaceful transition and transitions into a new tomorrow where all the people of the nation will live, walk, and experience a better life. Except the lord returns for the church. We know it's the final hour. We know the hour is late We understand these things and it's actually quite Quite a worrying thing if you look at all the people on this earth That are without God and without hope so teach us that we may teach others also Reveal to us so that we can share with others make us bold to testify of Jesus cause us to become sole winners of the kingdom of God expanders of God's vision for this earth. You so love this world that you gave your only begotten Son that whosoever believes in Him shall not perish but have everlasting life. We believe in you, Jesus. We believe in God the Father. We believe in the Holy Ghost. Thank you, Lord Jesus. All God's people said, Amen. Amen. You may take your seats. Give the Lord a praise offering. Amen. The church here in Little Falls never ceases to amaze me how the people, they want to know what's going on. They want to know what's going on in the world. Well, you know what? There are a couple of very good habits when you come to church. You never travel around without the sword of the Spirit. I have one here. There's another one waiting in the car in the cabriole, And wherever I go, the book of the Lord goes with me. Then I've got these journals. They're used all the time. And I decided, write. okay, I'll tell you what, the second one, I'll use that for prophetic stuff. And then I found that was too small. So I'm going to switch to a bigger one of those. But at the same time, the notes keep being written. Now, um, the best thing that I want to perhaps first and foremost say to you is that it is very critical. I mean, it's been critical all along but it's really very critical for the way in which you view the Bible. It is very, very important because people tend to listen to other people. I always get people saying, well, you know, I saw this man, he had this prophetic thing to say about the Middle East. That one says something different. That one says something different. I sometimes listen to what they have to say. And if I do that, um, the Lord has blessed me in the way that I've studied for many years, running through the scriptures, Genesis to Revelation, and the maps at the end, not just Genesis to Revelation. So I could draw these maps just like that. I could draw them. So Genesis to Revelation, and then you look at that, you study the maps back again, you do it over again, uh, and then you fo- you focus on certain very important parts of the Bible, let's say healing, let's say the blood covenant of the Lord, let's say the role of the Holy Spirit throughout the entire history of the planet, how God created the earth and what happened, what is the plan and the purpose of God, where's, where's all of this going through and to where are we going to, who am I, you might say, what am I doing here, you might say, what is my reason for existence, what is the goal of my life, What is actually my tomorrow in terms of how God sees it? Because that will become what it is. Because how God sees your future, that's the real thing. I mean, like I always said, there's a good old thing in the Afrikaans that says, you know, we make a plan. God determines the outcome. For us is to cooperate with God as quick as, as we possibly can, just cooperate with Him. In the context of that, I need to tell you something, and that is that Very important is the way I view the Bible. The way I go through the Bible. Because um, I have written here, in all of my notes I've written here, very often people have, and this is written some time back already, limited perspectives. Very limited. They take a little bit of knowledge and build the whole thing on it. But if you look at the whole Bible... And if you look at all the prophetic scriptures and you race through them, like I do all the time, search through them, bringing things together, this fits there, that fits there, it forms a jigsaw puzzle. The whole thing is all one composite whole. And you'd find the Lord lifts out this part or then he lifts out that part and then he would emphasize that. But it all remains part of the big picture. So you've got to get the big picture, you've got to think of the big picture so as to understand where you are, where you fit in, in the time of life. Let me say also that we are, we are at a time where no man knows the hour. No man knows the day. No man even knows the moment. Because people have done that in times past. And then they say the end of the world is on such and such a day. don't even know what the word, if you say the end of the world, what did they mean? the end of the church age, the end of the millennium, or the end of the world. But then what happens there and how does it happen? What does the scripture say about just that? Then the new heavens and the new earth, how does that all come together? To me, it's, it's a song of beauty from beginning to end. It is the destination of the bride of Christ it's the destination of the righteous. We're all flowing together in the stream. Now, while we do that, there's a bad, very evil current also underflowing. But so we must watch out for limited perspectives. We must also be aware of relevance. May I say this to you because you do get fake news now very much. Now they're going to deep fake. In in fact, I was reading one definition of that I came across in my research, at, it has become hard to differentiate between deep fake, fake and the truth. What's really going on? So one has to be very careful. I have been ultra careful with these things and would not like to take things for granted. The word ignorance means lack of knowledge. The level of societal ignorance is terrible at the moment. Then. Dr. Neighbor talks about people come to church with filters. They hear what they want to hear. They've got a filter. And anything that doesn't come through that filter, um, they just reject. That. The filter is there for that purpose. And one of the things I do particularly find is that people come from, say, a specific denomination or with traditional baggage of any kind. I mean, we have to deal with that. You come from whatever church. whatever, any kind of traditional baggage, that you've got to understand that that could be a filter so that when you sit in the church you've got to listen to the word of God you'll only believe what the tradition tells you to believe, but you don't really find the full revelation so there comes a time that I tell you now where you get busy with God and I tell you I've read many books, studied many hours, but at the end of the day, I said, oh Lord, the best book to read over and over is this one I'm holding in my hand. No other book, even remotely, comes close to the word of God in its integrity, in its truth, in its value, in its life-changing illumination, in its guidance, how to live, how to, to guide your path through life, and more, and more. Finding everlasting life. People have prejudices. You know, they, they come before ordeal, is the Afrikaans' word for that, prejudice. You know, just, I got a prejudice against, let's say, Pentecostalism, or let's say people that are of whatever kind of movement within the body of Christ. They also, the Bible says, some having twisted the word of God to their own destruction. You can very easily, and I've seen that many times, many, many times in these years, people have um, their their twisted way. It takes scriptures to make it work just for them so they can justify wrong behavior. Selective listening is a thing I've learned from wildlife. Selective listening, selective hearing, selective understanding. So I select what I want to listen to and the rest. It's like going through radio or television stations and you select something. Okay, so there's the, all these things with willful blindness as well. People that just reject God, they are there, that's in their mindset. They do not know where they've come from, where they're going, and don't know the beginning or the end or the destruction that is about to take place. The other thing that I need to say here tonight is that the Bible is amazingly trustworthy if you read it as a book and you read it again. That's why I've always said to the ministers, stick with the New King James. It is our best modern day translation, if not New King James and the Old King James. Because if you take it over and over, these are the most accurate Bibles, and you listen to them over and over, they they embed themselves somewhere in your heart, so that tomorrow when you need it to help somebody else, you can. Now, um, of all the things said in the Bible, perhaps to me, the most profound, the, the most profound, are the actual words of the Messiah, Jesus. So, you know, I could have an analysis of, Anybody, even myself, anybody, doesn't matter who he is on the planet, I can have an analysis of what that so-and-so has to say. But at the end of the day, the distinct words that come from the Messiah himself are the ones that are going to be performed, but for a surety. Because he watches over his word to perform it, and he speaks about that all things concerning the end of this world must feel be Fulfilled according to the Scriptures. Must be fulfilled according to all the prophetic Scriptures. So if I look at, for example, Matthew 24 and 21. And if I look at where it says here. For there will be a great tribulation such as has not been since the beginning of the world until this time. No, nor ever shall be. And unless those days were shortened. No flesh would be saved. But for the elect's sake, those days will be shortened. So if you look at that, there is the Lord talking about a time of great trouble. As I told you this morning, and this is very important. Forgive me if I just repeat this little piece here. Where you talk about, for example, Daniel chapter 12 in verse 1. It says, at that time, Michael will stand up. The great prince who stands watch over the sons of your people. There shall be a time of trouble a time of trouble, great tribulation, a time of trouble, such as never was since there was a nation, even to that time. So there comes, according to Daniel 12, one, a time of trouble such as never been. Jesus says, great tribulation. And again, the uh, book of Jeremiah, what are the major? They're major and they're minor prophets in the Bible, okay? So Jeremiah is one of the major prophets, like Isaiah, he's a major prophet a prophet, and then you get like or, um, or Amos, Obadiah, and all those ones. Uh, they're, they're not considered major prophets, but the major prophets, one of them is then Jeremiah. And he says, alas, for that day is great, and so that no one is like it. Jeremiah 30 and 7. And it's the time of Jacob's trouble. Time of Jacob's trouble, but he shall be saved out of it. Okay? And uh, so if we look at what happened in Daniel 12 and there again, a time of trouble, a time of trouble. And then the Lord Jesus himself says, there's coming a time, a great tribulation, a time of great trouble, in other words, upon the earth. In the Hebrew, very important, which I want to point, this is actually the crux of a connection. That's very important. Hebrew calendar, five, seven, eight, four. I work with that and I prefer to walk with the very Orthodox rabbis, and uh, just see what those professors are saying and the comments that they are saying because those are the ones that know both the Hebrew and the Aramaic like it was their first tongue. Some only on Aramaic. And listen to those guys to hear how they, how they interpret the scriptures. Take it out there. Remember now, they've missed out on 2,000 years of church history. So you can't come out of that and now you know everything. There's no way in the world. You've got to now have a period of time in which you assimilate Christianity properly and be trained in the scriptures and systematically brought back into it. But at the same time, you have, on the other side, the church, which missed out on what those people had to say for so many thousands of years. The Midrash, the Tzohar, the Babylonian Talmud, the new uh, modern-day Talmuds. There, is, for example, the Dead Sea Scrolls and all the other books that are there. Some of them are on my record, Hope. Oh, that I have looked at these books and I see all these things they're writing on letters and so on. So here we see the time of trouble uh, in the in the in the code code system is the number 784 time of trouble in both Daniel and in the book of Jeremiah is like I said this morning, 740 plus 2, 295 plus 16 plus the Total that up there gives you 784. Again, from Daniel, 400 plus 300 plus 80 plus 4. Coding, according to the numerics of the letters, of the pictographs or the alphabet letters, 784. It's the year of 5784. 5784. What does the Bible code say? It's the time of Jacob's trouble. Jacob's trouble, which hit me very hard, I must tell you. Because I thought, Lord, I've always thought this already is part of the great tribulation, or at least the beginning. Now it says the year 5784, and then it says 784, the time of Jacob's trouble. So for me then, I, I, I took a day or two to work through this because I worked through these things. I thought, Lord, what now? And to me, it's like, okay, if that be the case, the Lord has not come, the church is not departed, we know that according to these scriptures, from corner to corner, these scriptures tell me very clearly, no matter how I access these scriptures and bring them together, it tells me that it's time now, any time, any moment, no one knows the hour for the church to depart. Also, there's a difference between the, the church, the departure of the church, and also the second advent, which is on the day of the Armageddon. The second advent is when Messiah reveals himself to the planet on the Armageddon, on the day of the Armageddon. The first time Jesus comes now for the church, is called the rapture of the church. That's when we all depart First Thessalonians 4 and 23, and more verses. I'm not going to go through all of that tonight. But, you know, if you take that, there's the rapture of the church. With that being said, Seven, five, seven, eight, four, seven, eight, four, seven, eight, four, says time of Jacob's trouble. Now it doesn't say anymore in the codes, is coming, time of Jacob's trouble is coming. That's a Jewish expression for the tribulation. Now it says five, seven, eight, four. It says time of Jacob's trouble. So I thought, Lord, if anything underlines anything now, because the fear of the Lord's upon me. I thought, Lord, if there's anything, that it just tells me, a yet another reason why we must be careful now to be very vigilant, circumspect, awake alert and daily see to our personal life with Christ. Don't go to bed without repenting of everything possible. Are you listening to what I'm saying? Don't just, don't go to bed. Don't let the sun go down over your wrath. Just before you sleep, sleep in peace my friend. Amen. And anyway, you'll have a better night's rest. Is that right? I said, is that right? Okay, so that takes us into a very significant year. Here are the words of Jesus. I want to take you to Matthew, Luke chapter 21 and 30. And then I'm going to go into branch out towards other things which I left out this morning. But when you see, this is Luke 21 and 20. And please note, from the words of the Messiah the word of God, the son of God's words here. But when you see Jerusalem surrounded by armies, so that's definitely coming, then you know that its desolation is near. That those who are in Judea flee to the mountains. There comes a time of great difficulty for Jacob. That those who are in the midst of her depart. And those who are in the country Let them not enter her. For these are the days of vengeance. All these things which are written, that they, all these things which are written, may be fulfilled. Now those words there tells me that God didn't bring a prophecy that he's not going to fulfill. It's the word of the Messiah. He says, if it's written, then it's going to be fulfilled. But woe to those who are pregnant and those who are nursing babies in those days. There will be great distress, back to the trouble in the land, and wrath upon the people. They will fall by the edge of the sword. By the way, the current military operation is called crossed swords, metal swords. That's now in Israel currently. They shall fall by the edge of the sword and be led away captive into all nations. And Jerusalem shall be trampled. That's underfoot by the Gentiles, the ethnos, until the time of the Gentiles are fulfilled. And when these, and there will be, shall I say, verse 25 now. And there will be signs in the sun and in the moon and in the stars. And on the earth, distress. Did you hear that? Distress of nations. Jesus says, with perplexity. Notice the sea and the waves roaring. What are we seeing? in terms of weather weather patterns at the moment. Men's hearts failing them from fear and expectation of those things which are coming on the earth. Listen, Jesus says, for the powers of the heavens will be shaken. Only one can do that. Then they will see the Son of Man coming in a cloud with power and great glory. Now when these things begin to happen, listen everybody, listen people who believe in Christ, look up and lift up your heads because your redemption draws near. The word redemption to me is always very simplistic in the sense that it's always a word which, which is like kind of saying, you know, to be bought out at a price. If you redeem something, you pay a price for that thing because your redemption draws near. Now, I need to say something before one gets deeper into this, that if you take both Matthew 24, Luke 21, you take these prophetic sayings, the prophetic sermon of Jesus in Jerusalem, that he very much, very much focuses on Israel, the children of Israel, for he himself said, the son of man has come of himself in the first place for the lost sheep of Israel. So go to them, go from house to house, go to the lost sheep of Israel. So God is concerned about them. And let me tell you now, this whole thing that's working out on the planet at the moment is playing out and coming about. It's amazing stuff that's happening. All of it is focused on the Messiah the Bible coach tells me that over and over. I see that all the time in my research. Messiah is coming. Messiah is coming. Messiah is at the hand. And then, M- Messiah. Then it says, the son of Joseph. Remember Joseph and Mary? Calls him the son of Joseph. And Then it says, um, M- Messiah is aware. Messiah is watching. Messiah is coming. Messiah is preparing to come. It tells you over and over and over that the Messiah is like he's knocking at the door, he's ready to move on the planet. Now, when we read the Bible, people tend to read the Bible like a newspaper. This book is the most serious book that you can lay your hands on in the entire creation. You don't read the Bible like a newspaper. You take it very serious every time you open the book, every time you look at the scriptures. You want to know what it says. People read too fast. They read too fast. They read too fast. Secondly, it is normal, deflective, personal behavior amongst people to always have a self-justification mode. In other words, no, that's not me, 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 that's not me. But then at the same time, the book is written for the very me. Can you say amen? It's for everybody. So if you open the book, you have to say it's for me. If you say it's for you, then take it as the Jews take it, they call it the daily portion. You take your daily portion of the bread of life and you read it and you want to understand everything you read. If you do not know Hebrew and you do not know Greek and you do not know Aramaic, then you go. And you say, okay, I've got a very good, nice, say, Oxford Dictionary, Webster's Dictionary, uh, Collins Dictionary. They have all these major dictionaries. I have them all with me and I live in those dictionaries all the time to see what does it say in the English but at the same time look at what the Hebrew says. But for a person reading the Bible, not knowing what they're reading is half of the victory and your faith is empowered. If you just read like redemption, check it out and see. It's to buy something at a price. In the Hebrew, certainly it is. So, take it serious and then think deep. Now, with that being said, we are living in a very keystone time. Now what happened today? Okay, I'll tell you what What happened Friday. Friday, today is about day 30 of the war. Yeah, it's day 30 now, 30 days from the start of the disturbance in Israel and the invasion of the um, Hamas into the Holy Land territory. On day 30, there was a situation, was uh, 28, day 28, now 30. On day 28, a flight landed from Europe via El Al, the Israel carrier. It carried, again, people that came back to the promised land to come and help and to come and stand with Israel. They were Israelis on that flight. But the number 300,000th Israeli was on that flight. So by now, it's a little more now, obviously, than 300,000 Israelis returned right now to the promised land to join forces with Israel. Right there. And let me tell you those Jews, they move in anywhere, they function anywhere. They are just like that. They help, they're like a family. It is a family, it's 12 tribes, they're all like one family. 300,000 more people into the population of Israel right now. And it's plus, not minus, plus. Okay, so that means, that's one thing. What happened today? Today there was a report of Vladimir Putin, apart from having a fleet of spy ships, listening in on the American ships we talk about in a moment, listening in on the American ships, He's got a fleet of spy ships monitoring all the time, trying to decipher American communications, trying to listen in on what they're doing. Now, what else did Vladimir Putin then do today? I'm so glad you're asking so many questions tonight. What else did he do? In these past two days, he sat down by a white table, round white round table, alone in a big room. And he only had a communication device with him. And he sat there and he ran the top generals in his army through a, um, what you would call a, a, a test run, which is of unleashing a retaliatory nuclear strike at the enemy. And we well know that they consider America to be their first enemy that there would be a mass of nuclear missiles. And he ran through the the whole, like we had maneuvers in the early days. He ran through those maneuvers with the top generals and all the people in control of the missile batteries over and over to bring down the time to strike back fast, sitting at the control center in a white room around a table, and he sits not at the corner of the table because there are no corners to that table. He sits there close to a door and uh, with nothing else to distract on that table and he's busy communicating with these people and says that if in the event of there be uh, an atomic missile coming towards the United States, then in such an event, uh, we will have a mass amount of missiles Instantly launch, uh, launched. These are thermonuclear warheads. These are ICBMs, Intercontinental ballistic, ballistic Missiles. They fly, and some of them fly at hypersonic speed. Now, they practiced that run over and over, and once they'd finished that, and he was now happy that it's quick enough, and it's, he's like very close to that control center, and his generals have practiced a few runs, and they did a, a few, you know, mock situations of missiles. When they'd done that, they were quite happy about it, and they said, We're ready for such an anti retaliatory strike. In the meantime, in the news of Israel today, there's one of the ministers of. Uh, I think it's something like heritage, the minister of heritage, Israel's got a lot of heritage, heritage sites. Uh, that minister said, well, you know, we can sort that Gaza thing out very quickly, we'll withdraw the army and just drop a nuclear bomb. They fired him. He was immediately suspended. So that minister is from the far right group politically, he was suspended. Why are we talking even about Israel? Because no matter how you reason, sitting at the center, of the entire prophetic role of events. The prophetic timeline is Israel, Jerusalem, the Armageddon, the church age, the great tribulation, the coming of the king, the great white throne judgment, right there, Armageddon, Revelation 16, Zechariah chapter 14, and so on and so forth. Also, Revelation 16, Revelation 17, Revelation 19. It's all Armageddon stuff, Zechariah 14, and then actually 12, 13, and 14, the buildup of that. Then we have also in Ezekiel 38, you have that war that actually now goes in full which is the one in the Middle East, which is the threat of the the Magog War, which again, the codes tell you. When that happens, my dear friend, whether you're a South African, whether you are um, South American, living in the point of South America, whether you're an Australian, whether you are anything anywhere on earth, it will affect you. And so, With that in mind, nobody wins a nuclear war. I've been doing quite a study and looking at various models of an unfolding nuclear war, and I can tell you, like I said the other day, I said, in a proper, full-blooded nuclear war, nobody survives. Within a few days, 99% of the population of the Earth is gone. We're gone. So we can't afford that. But they are like, you know, this afternoon, I was thinking about these people. I think they, they, these military people, they want to play military games, man. They sit there and they practice nuclear runs. You know, they sit there. They, they, it's like a bunch of dogs showing teeth at each other, just wanting to climb in on the fight. They're sitting there. In the meantime, America is unfolding, has already done. In fact, that was two weeks ago. That was already done then. They had unfolded missile batteries starting in the south, they started with Saudi Arabia, anti-missile batteries and uh, Patriot missile systems. So it could be. I don't think it's Iron Dome-style missiles. It would be more the Patriot system that goes out there. They've got those missiles in Saudi Arabia. Go on, let's make a circle together. Saudi Arabia. Then we find the Emirates. Come around the corner towards Iran. You have Kuwait, <clears throat> and then from Kuwait. Past Iran, you find that there is a place called Iraq. There are American soldiers there. In all these countries I'm mentioning, Syria, there American soldiers there. Then Jordan, same story. And finally, Israel. Seven nations with Israel number seven on the list. They've unfolded missile systems that would take out missiles in the air. In fact, today they took out Today, they took out a long-range missile that was coming in towards the areas of Elot. But at the same time, you go to the top there of Israel, you go up the Golan Heights, you get Masada, you get Birkat Ram, and from Birkat Lam, you go further on, and you get right at the base of the mountain, the spring of the Jordan River, where it starts at the base of Mount Hermon, the mountain of the old man with the gray hair. That is Mount Hermon with the snow always on the top of it. There you have a place called Caesarea Philippi, of Philip, King Philip, one of the, the, you know, sons of uh, Herod the Great, Philip. And then from there you go down to a place called Kiryat Shemunah. If you go to Kiryat Shemana, which is in the Jordan Valley, you find there the people on high alert. They are all of their systems because from the top there, just above that mountain sits Lebanon and there sits Nazgallah. He's also in the Bible codes and you run or Elam is also in the Bible codes. And it tells you, I mean, they've got no good future for them. According to this book, not so good. Not good. When you come to Gog of the land of Magog, that's Russia itself. Gog, the prince of Russia. God says, I've got it. I am against you, O Gog. The, the prince of Rosh, Mechek, and Tubal. Mechek, of course, Moscow. Rosh, Russia. And to Bolsk, I've got it against you. I am against you." And then you go into chapter number 38 of the Book of Ezekiel, you find that there is a situation where now the Battle of the Magog has begun, because I see it as I look at it from every perspective, every perspective. If I do fast analysis, I look at it, bring the scriptures together, and I could see immediately that it looks like, to me now the unfolding of a process of war that's now begun, this process. And uh, therefore, 5784 is very key to me because I'm thinking, okay, to win a soul must be our goal, to evangelize somebody that still can be saved, to win a family member, to win uh, you know, a friend or people to witness for Jesus, it's a critical thing. It's a matter of life and death. It's a, it's a matter of determining the outcome of eternity for a soul. It's just as simple as that. So. That being said, yet, apart from that, you have the Russian spy, sh- um, um, uh, f- spy ships. Then you have got uh, the, uh, the Chinese. I mentioned the Chinese. There's a whole fleet. About six Chinese battleships that moved down towards the area of the Red Sea south of Iran. But already there, sitting just below Iran, is the American battleship Ike Eisenhower, the flight deck ship, loaded with a whole fleet of warships there. Now, don't tell me there's nothing going on on the planet. You will hear of wars and rumors of wars. Don't tell me that. Because if you're in the picture, you're in the picture, and then it gets scary. So here you have Ike Eisenhower, the battle flight deck ship. Maybe some of you, we finally went to see a thing called Top Gun. And uh, you know those, those aircraft that they use and those things now, they fly. Those things are serious things. Serious. They load it. They can carry those, 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 those uh, fighters, those jet fighters, are capable of carrying nuclear warheads, missiles. And so the new developments in that region, that is just quite, quite astounding. If you look at that, what technology is being developed for their purposes? So then on this side, you've got the, the Gerald Ford uh, flight deck ship. And it's got a fleet of battleships and supply ships all the time. And they're offloading towards wherever they are busy, sending missile batteries to. That protects the entire oil field system of the world. See, they also have their own people stationed in various places. So you can see here, the build-up, dogs are all, you know, there's an old expression in the world that says, dog fights dog. Blood on the teeth of each dog. It's just an old expression. Dog eating dog. Dog biting dog. Blood on the teeth of each dog. And so they're all growling into each other. You've got this whole area, this zone that's been sealed off by the Americans. Those two battleships sitting on both sides as a deterrent so that the people of Iran or Elim Elim, does not get it in their minds or Nasrallah to start shooting 180,000 missiles towards Israel. So in the meantime, right across Europe today, from Germany to Switzerland, let's say Switzerland, I saw Germany, I saw France, I saw England, I saw all over Europe, they're marching and it's the Palestinian, pro-Palestinian marches going around those places, wherever they are, they go. And they have their marches. But at the same time, there is the other part of the world that knows there is one called Jesus Christ He's the living word, and he is in control of all of this. That the scriptures might be fulfilled. Give the Lord a praise offering, one Amen. Now, you know, there is this, this is an intriguing moment. Because if you say, does the Antichrist already live? Then I would say, if you ask me just out of, what do you think? Then I think the probability is higher than ever before. That he's already alive. I think the probability is the highest ever because of what I see in the total span of the world and what goes on, I've left out a lot of things that I could still add in here that makes the picture even much worse of the things that is going on and what they're saying. And of course, it's interesting that, you know, one place here I see in Jewish, the Gog of the land of Magog, Jewish. From the Jewish research, it says, Gog is from the seed of the Amalekite. Amalekite means the warlike one. Amalek was always full of war, attacked Israel on the way out of Egypt. So they say that Gog is from the seed of the Amalekite. But the Jewish saying, interesting, I find them very interesting to follow those, those Orthodox professors. They say, darkness of the night, we can take this one, darkness of the night is the strongest just before dawn. Darkness reaches its maximum point just before the light begins to shine in a new day. It's very dark out there. But the next moment, the light shines. And they see themselves as children of the light. In fact, on the Temple Mount, uh, no, should I say by next to the Knesset in Jerusalem, you have the Jerusalem National Museum. Within the National Museum, there is a two stones, a white and a black stone that face each other and then the lid of one of the, a gigantic lid of one of the Dead Sea Scroll jars. But focus on those two, white and the white and black stone. That means the battle between the sons of the light and the sons of the darkness From the days of the Essenes, many believe that John the Baptist was raised amidst the Essenes that lived at a place called Qumran, close to the place where he preached the baptism, and Jesus was baptized at Beit Avara. I should say Beit Avara. That's the place of the baptism of Jesus right across from Jericho, where they came through the Jordan River, Israel. Having said all of that, So, talking about the Antichrist, now, where do we find the Antichrist? For example, 2 Thessalonians 2, you have quite a description of the Antichrist. But moreover, if you read through the book of Daniel, then you find in the book of Daniel much information, so much so that it kind of causes me to think, man, you know, I know about the Son of God coming with the clouds, appearing before the throne of God, the Holy Heaven is seen there. And then I see how it switches from Aramaic into, from Jewish into Aramaic in this portion and begins to describe amazingly the appearance of the Son of God. Then begins to talk about all sorts of things in the second half of the book of Daniel about the Antichrist. So you get quite the revelation and chapter number 11 gives you a sequential action of what the Antichrist gets up to. But now if he's alive, if we assume Presume, maybe think, maybe dare think. The highest probability is the now. If we think he's alive, then there are things undercurrents running in Europe, which I maybe could just mention to you for the sake of your interest. Um, As I go along, I journal things. I could just tell you, but I could just read straight off the journal here. In a city in the north, in the heart of Europe, called... uh, the city of Geneva, sits a several kind of buildings with several kinds of organizations. I look at the images, I have done so, of the World Health Organization. Gavi, the World Vaccine Alliance, the Big Pharma, the people that produce all these vaccines. It also, with a view of producing by the WHO, ultimately, world global health passports. Without that global passport, you won't travel. Case in point, you won't travel. You first have to have a couple of vaccines. We we'll say a few words about them. Are you getting anything out of this? Amen. Amen. All right. They are strongly in favor of global humanity injections, vaccinations. We'll take a look at that now. Then there's the very frequent expression of that. We talk about vaccines as, I've written it here, as bioweapons, bioweapons. If you could get 5.8 billion people vaccinated, what would a bioweapon do with them? For there is an elite, and they say, well, this is not thumbsucking, I tell you, because. Ek goed amakar. Ek vind wat and I have a very valuable friend who's a big researcher, friend of mine in the United States, Dr. Papas, medical specialist and scientist and a researcher. He says, Harold, I'm with you. And I look at all these medical reports coming through from him, and I look at this, what they call bioweapons. See, they do a vaccination on people and make it a global thing. You can't travel nowhere. In fact, to the extent of you won't be able to move anywhere. But we'll get to that also. There is also there in Geneva, you have the big tech companies, which are the developers of, for example, the chip, the Mark of the Beast, They are the first people. Now in America, you have several places have development centers for this, and they are now moving into um, the control of the human being in a big way, whatsoever. In so far as mind control is concerned, that we could put a kind of a chip on you that can read. In fact, in Japan, I've already seen it that can, you think of, let's say, you think of a giraffe if you know what a giraffe looks like. Now, not in Japan, but we would know. If you say giraffe, the person thinks of a giraffe, and lo and behold, on the computer screen appears a giraffe by what the person thinks. See, this is Japanese technology already. So these big tech companies are all in support of, of the system that is developing. Now, I'll say something about the total system. If I look at them, I say, all the total system. Then you have the World Economic Forum with Klaus Schwab there, and they, of course, with financial, major financial implications, they are, by the way, not actually people with um, you know, uh, diplomatic passports acting as if they have, but they don't have, but they are people that have got an agenda, and that's the World Economic Forum financial, digit, digitization, and control until the human being is so controlled that he becomes what is known as an automaton. Automaton. auto automatic, automaton. Automaton. That when you have the mark of the beast through RFID and enhanced RFID, actually your brain gives enough frequency that can be read from satellites right now. So I've read in some medical journals that you can actually, the frequency of the mind, they're trying to actually decipher that's what they're busy with in Japan. Um, then also digitization and control. In other words, once the antichrist is manifest and Pastor Tatu wants to go further than 15 kilometers from his home, it'll stop his bank account if they don't like it. Just cut his finances off right there. So you have no money. So you obey? Or oh, yeah, go without money. Just like that. Just like that. Just like that. If they don't like what you're doing, if you talk about Jesus, your account suddenly stopped. So your bread and butter is gone. Netsua. These guys are out to control the planet. Make no mistake, I'm just telling you. You'll see it in these days if we've not already departed. Then you have the digitization of the world, so we're moving towards a digital economy, is that transition there will come with a major shaking of the world entire uh, economy. Every nation of the world will have a period of instability during the transition. They'll tell you it's nice, it's gonna work, it's gonna work, and then bring in the new currency which they're working on right now. I've written here, in fact, when I researched all of this, the economic upheaval that would follow. Then there's something, I was reading an article here of uh, a lady, and I wrote down her name somewhere in these notes. Let me just see her. Oh, yes. She's a lady, Dr. Astrid Stuckelberger. 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 It's an umlaut on the U. Stuckelberger. Um, she's talking about these things also and about science and the mistakes made in science and saying, well, you know science, we make mistakes but then we recover and then we just carry on again. Maybe we get it right next time. So they just carry on. But that, when you look at the package called science, and I'm not talking about any particular science, just a general statement, then you find that all the time science is in a process of change as new information comes in concerning all of creation. And... Um, they talk about all these things I'm talking about here. And then also with the um, United, the, she talks about the United Nations Syndrome. The role of the United, Nation, United Nations in all of this. That, you know, you see those, I've watched them since I was that size. They were there, you know. And I remember all of these things from many, many years ago that I can remember that happened to those people. Now. Um, in the time of the Antichrist, that's moving to a most influential. That she calls it the, the United Nations syndrome, when they get serious about controlling, not just sitting there and politicizing, serious about controlling the planet and its population. With that, maybe I should just bring your interest to something else here. So many things I've told you, I've got much to say to you. Um... I might just mention to you certain terminology and special terms with specific aims or in this case, specific groups in target. Genocide is a term referring to the intentional systematic destruction in whole or in part of an ethnical, racial, religious or national group. In other words, if you have a genocide, it is to take out like in In in, 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 um, Germany, under Hitler, the Jews, that's genocide, focusing that to kill them, to take them out. Genocide, side means to kill. Okay, "geno" from genome, to kill those. So that's that's the whole thing you find with the Second World War. A new um, study, which I found from the University of Hawaii, uh, there is new terminology now also talking about a democide, like demographic, talking about population. Democide is the term that was coined by political scientist R. J. Rummel to describe the murder of any person or people by the governments of this world, obviously. In the broader sense, genocide differs from a democide differs from genocide. Uh, in the sense that it's not limited to the killing of people based on ethnical or racial or religious or national lines, but can be against any group of people that is, becomes the target of the, of, the, of the democide. Democide, therefore, is what you talk about when you want to control the world population. Cut down on the population. We don't need so many people, says the ultra-rich. We don't need all these people to be alive. Cut down on that population, then bioweapons come into action. And the injection of a substance called nanolipids. Now, nanolipids, if I just look here, and I just have to, okay. Nanolipids are, I've written here in my journal here, they were the accumulation within the body uh, of these tiny, uh, fatty, like fatty acids, fatty substances, tiny, tiny, we're talking nano, nano That is like you can't see it with your eye, but they work there. They're so small they can enter the cells of the human body, these nanolipids. And it says here with these Dr. Astrid Zickelberger, Zickelberger and uh, talking about the, these uh, nanolipids, the accumulation in the body with little or no solubility, little or no, they can't, they can't, you can't dissolve them, can cause serious dangerous biological interactions within the human body. So the use of nanolipids in various applications, including drug delivery and food technology, has raised concern at potential risks that could be and should be considered. Toxicity. Some nanolipids may have the potential to cause toxicity when ingested, inhaled, or even exposed to the skin. That's how powerful these things are. The small size of the nanoparticles can facilitate their penetration into cells and tissues of the human body, causing adverse effects. For example, allergic reactions. Individuals may experience allergic reactions to components of nanolipids especially if they contain substances to which someone is allergic because people have different allergies if they do environmental impact the disposal of such products containing nanolipids can potentially potentially actually lead to environmental contamination which may also have long term ecological consequences then regulatory concerns, the regulatory and safety assessment of nanolipids and other nanomaterials can be challenging. There may be gaps in the existing world regulatory system concerning this. Now, if you – I don't want to go in all of this talk about the long-term effects on the human body and so on and so forth of these nanolipids, but what happens is that gets injected, it gets into the DNA, it gets into the, the RNA, so it becomes mRNA research goes into the human body, these nanolipids uh, are so small that they can, they quickly are multiplied within the human system and then if the human being is not that strong or whatever the case may be, maybe there's allergies, they can go through all kinds of diseases that develop like that, even cancers, all kinds of sicknesses can happen at the drop of a hat because of the activity of nanolipids within the human system. Of mankind. Amen? You hear the other amen or oh my. We talk about militarization, is the other one, militarization. Uh, And with militarization, I I notice that there is quite a rise of what you call robots. Artificial intelligence robots, also artificial intelligence drones, artificial intelligence, Israel's now already unveiled them to artificial intelligence military. Tanks that can drive, can sense anything on any side of that tank and react to it as fast as you can imagine that big thing can do. Those tanks in early days, in my days, early days, uh, according to my memory, they weighed about 30 tons each. You know what 30 tons is? Of steel. Highly armored. So the, the artificial intelligence weaponry is obviously going to be the weaponry of the future and who controls AI or artificial intelligence will be able to do a lot of damage on planet Earth. At this time, I noticed that uh, Elon Musk has just had a talk like today with the uh, Prime Minister of Britain, Rishi Sunak, on the subject of the impact of artificial intelligence on the human being. But military wise, it opens a whole new scope of a lot of things because it can also react if it finds it's being targeted by something it can do all kinds of maneuvers to get out of the way of harm and it's that kind of thing against that kind of thing. If it's used by let's say China and if you look at Russia, what they're developing the same thing. And so whoever's on top of that is on top of the world in terms of artificial intelligence development and uh, hypersonic missiles. The the most scary thing with AI is the question of human tracking and profiling. In other words, you walk down the streets and you say, you know, there's a song. I remember the song. uh, It was sung many, many years ago. It was saying the New York lights are burning bright on Broadway. Uh, And uh, I think the, the, the group, Mali, if my memory serves him right, that sang that song, if Mali's somewhere over there, that would have been Manfred, no, not Manfred, Manfred Dave Clark Five, that, those were the people. Dave Clark Five. That was 1964, by the way. Um, when you go through a door, you're being tracked. If you now go into, let's say for example you go into um, Yes, it's in fully fully developed, and I've seen some of the images on street, looked at those things, studied them. If you go, for example, into uh, the uh, Times Square, if you go to that area there, and uh, you walk around there, they track you from the side of your head. They can identify who you are. everything, your face, your eyes, your pupils, everything about you, even your fingerprints go into the artificial intelligence system, it logs you in totality. It builds a profile on everybody. I have always thought, and I must say sincerely to all of you, that I've always thought that one of the most dangerous things for people to do is to get into the, uh, the social media and then, you know, spread where people hang out there washing for the public to look at it. All kinds of dirty washing. They do it there. And I don't just, I don't know what makes a human being do that. I mean, forgive me, I just don't have the intelligence to gather that. Really. When a person puts all their family photos, all their things, that gets fed into the artificial intelligence system with a full picture of you. Then if you say, take this person, make this person 50 years old, 60 years old, 70 years old, what is he going to look like? Then they age the people. They can profile you. Exactly. The whole deal. When we came from America now, off Orlando Airport, through the new Terminal C, that's their new airport, we went in at Terminal C, I think it was Gate 27B, where we went in. And uh, there, where you finally go in from the hall that you go in, where you have the departure hall, then you go on board, they have these gates, steel gates, and uh, stainless steel gates open like that. In front of you, but before it opens, that camera is on you, and that camera is fed into every kind of system you can think of. Da stan Harold voor die camera. He's been in the United States this date, that date, the other date, the other date, the other date. They know everything about you. Then, if you become a person of interest in those circles, he'll go to every kind of of analysis of people. Privacy has been invaded on a major scale. That's why we need to be careful when we get telephone calls from people we don't even know. Scams. I said scams. SMSs. Even on, uh, what's this, WhatsApp. You go on WhatsApp and you get a little WhatsApp from somebody you've never seen before, know of. Watch out. You open that thing, And um, you know, it then launches a virus on your cell phone, takes out all your data. Bang, just like that. So if I take this together, one, two, three, four, five, six, okay, six, what am I saying about these six? World Health, Health Organization, all of the big pharma and all that stuff, then from health to big tech, the development of the systems for such, and robotics and computer digitization, World Economic Forum, the financial uh, digitization of the economy, United Nations syndrome, as uh, that uh, lady says, militarizations, new uh, militarization, artificial intelligence, and so on and so forth, and the like. If you look at all of these things, they're basically if, if, if I summarize them, I pull them into, they form six disciplines, six movements, all in one city, the city of Geneva. And how do they do? They flow like that together. When the Antichrist comes, these six go into one at the service of the Antichrist along with the leaders of the world of the current time, of the, of the time, of the manifestation of the Antichrist, which is when he takes command, he's got all of that stuff available immediately. But not everything happens immediately because the Bible tells me very clearly that there's, God is the God of order. How many of you agree with that? God's the God of order. So if you look at the book of Revelation, to me it's never been a difficult book to read. I loved it. In fact, the Bible says, blessed he you who reads this book and the words of this prophecy. Blessed, he said. Just to read the book of Revelation brings a blessing upon your life. So if you look at the sequential development of the book of, of Revelation, you see that in the middle of the book, there comes Revelation chapter number 11. You have the two witnesses of Revelation. I would go with the Jewish interpretation. If I look at all the apocryphal books, all the resources, some people say Enoch, and Elijah. But clearly, from the Jewish perspective, all of those ancient manuscripts, it's clearly Moses and Elijah that will be the two of the two uh, witnesses of Revelation. The two olive trees that stand before the Lord of all the earth in those days that will fight against the Antichrist. Fire will come from their mouths, devour their enemies. With with that, we now find Revelation chapter 12, war breaks out in the heavens. And we see the great fiery red dragon. We see that Michael and his angels go to war with him. And his place is found no more on earth. And then he's cast down to the inhabitants of the earth. Woe to the inhabitants of the earth. Revelation 12 and 11. But they overcame him by the blood of the Lamb. The accuser of our brethren has been cast down. Overcame him by the blood of the Lamb. And the word of their testimony. And... If you've been bought by the blood of Jesus, my friend, you're an overcomer. Let me tell you something. Let me tell you something. Do you realize the power? Do you but realize the power of the blood of the Son of God, the Father? The Son of God. You know the power in His blood. Do you think He's going to leave you deserted? Leave you on an island somewhere? Now, all these systems... Disciplines come together and hand it over to the Antichrist. Revelation 13, then we go to Revelation 17, verse 13. From 13, you have another chapter there in the Bible. 12, there's the war in the, in the heavens. 13, the beast comes up out of the sea. And so if it goes now, now the beast is there. The battle takes place with the beast and the false prophets. You go on, if I jump forward, because of course we can go through all of that, but you will not be here tomorrow by that time. Um, We go through to 17. And that to me is a significant moment in time. It's like time stands still for a moment there. Just like it just stops there. If I look at that thing, I think it sees all these kings of the earth are of one mind, one accord, and one of intention, purpose, they give all their power and authority to the beast. Including this six-tiered system which I mentioned to you. That covers just about anything in the life that we live on this earth. Just take money alone. Just take your health. Take all of that stuff. Digitization of currency. You can't buy anything except buy the mark of the beast. And if you if they read your mind, as I've seen them uh, in their mind reading development projects, major, multi billion projects running at the moment. So you look at that, you think to yourself, Okay, fine. These things must come upon the earth. As Jesus said, all these things written in the scripture, take the Bible seriously, must seriously must be fulfilled. Must be fulfilled. So the Lord is about to perform his word concerning Israel. When Gog of the land of Magog has finalized his plan, after all of his maneuvers and his practice runs with his nuclear missiles, always talking that language, always threatening the nuclear stuff towards the West. The West doesn't say anything about the nuclear because they're nuclear arsenals. And they say, well, we've got to do this so that we can be on a parity on a parity with the United States. In other words, that we're equal to them in strength in the event of a nuclear war. You're living in this. You're living in this time. We simply can't be ignorant about this. Every day, I go through numerous Israeli newspapers. Then I go check up what these rabbis have to say and all the the professors of the universities there. I'm just like that. And I find out. It takes me time. But I dig it out and then I find out what's going on here. And I'm saying to you tonight that there's a few things and I can, I suppose I go on here. I still wanted to talk about the prophet Elijah a little bit more but I think I must start coming to a landing here, you know. So let me stop there. But there are a few things that are to me very, very important in the life of believers. And that is that we live in the now. We must not be ignorant of what goes on in this planet. I cannot say that everybody has got the time to do the kind of research that I'm talking about. I'm in the position that I can, and I do. And it gathers all the time. And I can remember these things from many years now. But so the fact is, as an as a individual believer, blessed be the day in my life that I was born again. Blessed is the day in your life when you were born again. How many of you born again and you believe it with all of your heart? Okay? Blessed be that day for you. Because that's where you went through a life changer. Now, when you go through that life changer, the first thing that you have to do, and that is take a Bible and literally wear it out with your reading. Then take another Bible and wear it out until the picture comes clear. Because I find, I said to somebody, then I finally say to them, listen now, what you do now is this. You just take just the Magog war. Just the Magog war. Now forget about all the other chapters. Forget. Just take this. Just listen to me. Just take Ezekiel 36, 37, 38, and 39. All of them. Read them in one spot one, one city. Then you read them again. Then you go away, come back, and you read them as though you've never read them again. Then you play them in audio and you listen to them again. This is how it works. When you pray over this, it's like, okay, that comes together with this, that comes together with this, that's the picture. The whole jigsaw puzzle forms a picture like that. So I was going and talking to people like that. Dr. Malebu is talking to people like that. And uh, saying it, take these chapters, read them through. Tatu, to read them and read them again. 36, 37, 38, 39. That's like f- a few chapters. And just read them properly now. Think about what you're reading. Stay with the new king James, or if you need help, go to the new amplified Bible, the new one's pretty good. But that is it contains synonyms or definitions from the Greek and the Hebrew, which gives you a little bit of a help if you don't know the languages. Take it and read it, read it. So I say, this is what you do now. I start explaining. And halfway down my explanation, I, I realize I'm not being listened to. So I just drop it like that. It's coming, went in one ear there, went out the other ear, something else. So what do you have to be careful of? Distractions. You can let things roll through your mind. I prefer not to. I don't want to sit there and waste my time reading and studying. And feel like I've not achieved nothing in this life. There are things to focus upon. And the main thing to focus upon is the word of God itself. And to know that Jesus Christ is Lord of your life. And to know that he's paid for you with his blood. And to know that the blessing of Abraham is upon your life. And to know that there are various precious promises of God. All fulfilled, yea and amen, through Jesus Christ concerning your life. To know that you're already victorious in the beloved. To know that you as the body of Christ you are in Christ, hidden in God, sealed with the Holy Spirit of promise, washed in the blood of Jesus. There you are, accepted in the beloved, joint as with Christ. As you're crucified with Christ in the body of Christ, the Bible says you live no more, but Christ lives in you. You live no more. I live no more. Galatians 2, 20, Galatians 6, 14. But Christ lives in me. You understand that. Paul says, therefore, reckon yourselves dead to sin, but alive to God. So what must I do? Reckon myself dead to sin. I'm not walking around with a guilty conscience. Last week I, you know, used the wrong word or I said something I shouldn't have said or I lost my temper or I I shout and I, you know, cussed or whatever. God forbid. Got out of control. You don't think that way. You don't walk shackled by heavy burdens beneath the load of sin and shame. He touched me and set me free. I said, set me free. Therefore, 2 Corinthians 5, any man be in Christ. He is a new creature. A what? A new creature. Behold, all things have passed away. Behold, all things are made new. Any man be in Christ. This blows out of the boat all those doctrines that I had to study at university. You know, when I (laughs) go through the theories of Jung, Pavlov, Skinner, Horny, and all these guys, Freud, and you listen to the Freudian school and Skinner and what these people had to say about man. And then you read the Bible. And then you find, behold, Homo, the man, Jesus Christ. You say to yourself, what is normal? You look at Jesus, you know exactly what is normal. And in one shot, Dr. Dennis, it blew my entire study out of the water. A book called The Word of God. Like that like that and I knew this is the way, the truth and the life and for you the same, you'll do well if you read your Bible all the time, you'll do well if you stay with God all the time, you know there are things happening at an alarming speed on the planet, changes will happen, must happen, there are changes, nations of the world are so disturbed the moment just take a look, nobody can say I'm living in Britain because no buyer like here. They've got all kinds of economical problems. You listen to them. We still have family living out there. Mort's family on her side. Her brothers, her late brother's wife and children are there. Elmi and them living in, I think it's Peter, Peterborough or something up there. Above London to the, if I have my picture, of the UK, it must be London, must be slightly to the, to the east coast, but not quite on the coastline. There's Peterborough. Okay, so now, um, if you think... You're going to Spain. It's going to be nice there. No, it's not going to be nice there. People get killed. Children get, get taken. And there's this child trafficking going on. And there's insecurity. I tell you, if you go through these airports, you feel it. they are weird characters on all these places where you go around. You've got to have the armor of God on your life. When you go into every day of society, you've got to have the armor of God on your life. But you've got to understand your authority as a Christian. Part of the body of Christ, dead to sin, but alive to God. Do you think the body of Christ is the body of sin? Hello? Do you think the body of Christ is a body of sin? No. How many of you are part of the body of Christ? You are dead to sin, but alive to God. If you do something that's wrong, according to the principle of sin... You miss the mark. The word sin is an archery term in Hebrew. It means to miss the mark. If you shoot with archery, you miss the target. You don't get a bullseye, get any other thing. It means to miss the mark. And if you miss the mark, if we confess our sins, because the principle of sin exists out there. If we confess it, He is faithful and just. 1 John 1, nine. To forgive us our sins and cleanse us from all unrighteousness. I like 1 John 1, 7. If we walk in the light, as He is in the light, He's the light of the world. We have fellowship with one another, joint sharing. We're walking in the light, you're talking to Jesus, there's joint sharing going on through your prayer life. And the blood of Jesus, listen to this, cleanses us, aorist tense, in the Greek, is a, it's like a continuum, and never ends. You arrive there, it's cleansing you. You arrive there, it's cleansing you. You arrive there, it's already cleansed you. I move forward when I'm here, it's cleansed me. If I go there, the blood of Jesus has cleansed me. As I go, the body of Christ is not a body of sin. It's dead to sin, but alive to God. Jesus Christ is the head of the body and he has not got a sickly body. Now, how many of you are part of the body of Christ? Get rid of the sin consciousness, the old guilt feeling. If you do something right, say to the Lord, I've done something wrong. I'm sorry, Lord. And you go on with your life and you live in the light. Focus. Get your Bible out. Get a new one for the new year. Every year, get a new one. Even if you have one, just buy a new one. Wear them out. And let your life be in Christ Jesus, hidden in God. Give the Lord a praise after this, by the way. Amen. Okay. Well, you've got some stuff to work on and work through. If you've taken notes, you would have. And uh, I see people here. Shame, you know, as I look at it really, it really bothers me. Here's, uh, I see this, Alex Kretschmar, not in the service, but Alex is 16 years old. And he broke his, his she, she, it's a girl, broke her back, horse riding. Prayer for healing. You need to lay hands on this. Two of my grandchildren do horse riding. And it's just, and one of them fell the other day. A horse is a thing. Last time, now you may not laugh, okay? You may not laugh. Last time I got on a horse, I fell off. The stupid thing jumped over like a it. And jumped and sort of went that way and I went that way and I thought, where's the horse? Then I found out about the law of gravity. And I decided there shall be no more horse riding in this here life. <laughs> Case in point beautiful animals. I love horses, but I shall not ascend to that one. Amen. Well, this little girl, Alex, you agree with me in Jesus' name that she is touched by God and healed. Simple as that. Give the Lord a praise. Thank you, Jesus. There is one also with diabetes. Diabetes one, whatever that is, Doctor Dennis. What is diabetes one? is it very intense. It's what? Insulin dependent. Insulin dependent. Insulin dependent he says. Uncontrolled. Need work. Leonie Mayer. Where's Leonie Mayer? You will find work before the end of this year. God will bless you now. You hear me? You are blessed. Everybody say, Leonie. You are blessed. You will find a job before the end of this year. Now go therefore. Amen. Go. The Bible says we walk by faith. We don't stand still by faith. Knock and doors are open. You have to knock. You have to enter in. You have to take the gap, God gives you favor. Just get a proper assessment of what you really are, yourself, your dignity, your self-respect, everybody in this place. People sometimes think too little about themselves. I find that all the time. You know, they, they see themselves framed through the words of other people, which is completely wrong. Paul says, some having compared themselves with others, which is unwise. Then he says, for me it's therefore a small thing that I should be judged by any man. He who judges me is the Lord. Let's not think of ourselves less than what God has created us as human beings in his image and likeness. Okay, that was that one. And then you have Velma, Velma, Afrikaans, Adendorf, Helga, and and uh, uh, have kidney failure. They're waiting for kidney donors. I don't know if these people are, are there here. I don't see. All right. I give this to Pastor Jacques. In the name of Jesus Christ, put your hands out here. We release the healing power of the wounds of Jesus into the body that, of the person that puts on this cloth on her mouth. In Jesus Christ's name, let the anointing break the yoke, bring life in those kidneys and cause them to function normal. In Jesus' name, can you say amen? Amen. amen. Well, it's nearly eight o'clock, but what I'm going to do is I'm going to call on the pastors. This morning I said, shall I carry on talking about the stuff and the people said they wanted. So here you are today. Now give Jesus a praise offering because something has been added to you. Amen. I actually, you know, before I close, the pastors will pray for anybody with any problem, sickness, whatever, financial, whatever. But I actually think as I go forward, I take more courage because I see how God is steering all of this all the time. He's in charge of it and he's governing it exactly according to what this word says. I find it stunning. I never knew in my life I would see so many things happening precisely foretold in this book. Never knew it would happen. Man, it is the greatest thing. And then to think Jesus is in control of our lives. He's in control of your life. He's in control of your life. Say this, Jesus Jesus. is in control of my my life. Now therefore, pray. Therefore, obey therefore read the word of God therefore never miss out on a Sunday service in your life don't let the weakness of the flesh or some stupid excuse that sometimes people come and say no I don't feel, no but you know what we've got six days to wait and finally it's time to go to church David said I was glad when they said to me let us go into the house of the Lord will you stand up give the Lord a praise offering right now, pastor and tartan will you come and pray for us Come on, give the Lord a proper praise offering. Yeah. Praise Him again. Yeah. Pastor Ntatu, we give you the blessing for the next week and all those with needs, the pastors are right in the front. Ntatu.
0: Hallelujah. Let us close our eyes. Father, we thank You, Almighty God, for a new chapter. Your Word declares, Behold, I do something new. Father, we thank you, almighty God, that, Lord, you're only a prayer away from us. And so, Father, I pray for every family that is represented here. We thank you, Father, that indeed we are more than conquerors, almighty God. We thank you, Father, for victory. Victory over sickness. Victory over the negativity in the world. Lord, we thank you, Father, for the blood of Jesus. Lord, be with everyone that is here Protect their coming in and protect their going out. We decree and declare that no weapon formed against them will prosper, almighty God. We thank you, almighty God, that we serve a God of more than enough. Lord, we look to you, the author and the finisher of our faith. We thank you, Lord, for times of refreshing in the presence of the Lord. We thank you for testimony after testimony, breakthrough after breakthrough. We thank you, O God, that the mountains are removed. We thank you that in 2023, we thank you, Lord, that you do something new for the families that are here. We worship you and we give you praise in the mighty name of Jesus. And everybody said, Amen. Amen. For more teachings like this and other material, please visit our website at www.littlefoalsonline.com.